This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and David Sundman. Each of us serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Welcome back to the Behold Podcast, everybody. Uh, Sean and Dan here, and we have our good friend, David Sunman. We'll get to that in one second. Have a really exciting podcast planned for today that includes dancing and strawberries and insolence. It's going to be a good one. Uh, so, So, David, technically... Last week was your actual debut on the podcast, but here you are with us live. So go ahead and introduce yourself to those who don't know who you are. Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. Really, really excited to be here. This is Dave Sundman. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm part of the teaching team at Valley Bible Church and uh, you know, have been serving in a couple of different ways um, for the past year or so. And um, yeah, just, just really excited to be on here and, and have been really grateful to be listening to these. So. Yeah, many of you don't know, David Sunman is uh, part of a organization in the Bay Area called City Team, and they are doing amazing work to reach uh, the homeless population in the area for Christ and to help them overcome addiction and get their life back on track. It's an amazing organization we've been partnering as, with as a church for a number of years. And uh, so, David, uh, give everybody just a, a little update on what's happening with City Team and uh, maybe just talk about some some evidences of grace. How has God been moving uh, with with the guys that you're working with? Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, I would love to. Um, first, I, I just want to say thank you, and you know, I've been so encouraged. You know, thank you to everyone, you know, in the Valley Bible Church family because uh, you know, there's been you know, I would say just an outpouring of support for City Team during this time. Um, of course, and especially in prayer that you know, I have felt and have heard from so many people that have been praying for us and, and for me specifically during this time, um, but also so many people who've given financially and, and of physical items um, to help us in our outreach. And so that has just been so encouraging how many people have been uh, offering up their support during this time. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, yeah, so God has you know been so kind in enabling us to continue serving our most vulnerable neighbors. Um, we've, we've of course had to adapt all of our services to, to meet, you know, the guidelines as they change and, and so that we can protect our staff and clients. But, um, we, we've been serving significantly more people is especially with hot meals and groceries as a lot of people have been affected who are out of work and, and that type of thing. And so I've been very grateful, um, that, that we've been able to, to, to provide for people and that God has, has equipped us to, in order to do so. Um, and, and, you know, just a, an evidence of grace, you know, we, we had for a long time, you know, throughout this whole thing been just so blessed to not have had any encounters or experience with, you know, the, the virus that we were protecting everything. And, and, um, and it came up that, that, uh, a couple of our clients had actually tested positive. One of them was feeling like he was experiencing symptoms. We said, go straight to the doctor. They tested him. He came up positive. So we sent him to an isolation center. Um, we tested everybody in the house at that point, and I'm referring to our residential program for men. We have 70 men in Oakland living in the same building, and so you know if one person uh, you know gets it, then you know it's it's kind of hard to keep it um, from spreading. And so 
Uh, we tested everybody. Two other men uh, came up positive. They also got sent to this isolation center that the city has set up. Um, and so then at that point, we, we put in, you know, to place strict guidelines um, to uh, to try to help stop the spread. And, and all of our staff just stepped up to help fill in the gaps because we basically had the guys just stay in their rooms um, for a week. And this past weekend, so then we tested everyone again to see where, you know, where it, it might have spread and not a single person tested positive, wow. which is just incredible because, I mean, for all these guys living in close quarters and, and for that to, to not have spread, I mean, it's clearly an act of God that he was protecting us. And so, so grateful for that. Uh, evidence of those prayers. So thank Absolutely. you, Valley Bible Church, for, for praying for our, our brothers over at City Team. Amazing stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for sharing, David. Um, okay, so if you were with us on Sunday, we are in our teaching series in the book of Romans. And on Sunday, we went through the last chunk of Romans 11, Gary Darnell's teaching. And if you didn't watch that with us on Sunday, we want to encourage you always to go check that out first. You can see a link to that in the show notes. And uh, if you have, then here we are. So Dan and David, as you guys were uh, listening to Gary teach from Romans 11 on Sunday, I'm just curious of some things that uh, hit home with your heart or stuck out to you. One of the one of the words that really kept coming back to me just as I was reflecting this week is is just the the mercy of God. And in in that passage, Paul is really dealing with this question, is God fair? And we kind of see really the, the, the chunk of that in in verses thirty and thirty-two and and the answer to that is is look at God's mercy. Look look at how God has been merciful in extending his uh his his plan of salvation his promise to the gentiles and even though uh the um the nation of israel had the the, the, the our jewish friends had rejected this messiah they had rejected jesus as the as the means of of this promise going forward still through through offering it to the gentiles and then them having a a, a jealous desire to to say hey that wait a second that's our god <laughs> that's 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 the god that's been merciful to us um and you that's another way of, of god extending mercy um back to the nation of israel and so really we see this this amazing truth that god has had mercy on on all of us jews and gentiles were were all caught in um in this this offering of 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 grace and mercy through through faith and i just thought that was a uh, really really beautiful yeah i like the way that, that gary phrased it of just that every everyone fits the mold of disobedience it's because of that everyone also fits the mold of mercy Right. Didn't he say it was like a, it was like a net? Like we're all yeah. caught in a net of disobedience, and and really faith is faith is is what acts, brings us access into what God's yeah. promise is is what He's offering us. Yeah. Right, because yeah, I mean, if you if you look at verse thirty two, for God has consigned all to disobedience. If you just stop right there, 
then that that's kind of a bummer. Like like you know he's saying like hey we're all in the same net, meaning you know like we're all included. In, like we've all fallen short. We've all been disobedient. If you just stop there, that's that's really you know a bummer. But it doesn't stop there. And so then the encouraging part is that we're all in the same net, so that we can all receive this mercy. And that's awesome. I'm, I want to be in that net. I want to receive God's mercy. I'm glad to be a part of that net. Amen, dude. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyone can receive it. Anyone can receive that mercy when they put their faith in Christ. It's, it's, a, it, it's such a powerful um, reminder for us. And it, and it, it gives us, it gives us great hope. Um, there's, man, there's so many, um, there's so many videos on YouTube and, and maybe we can link some in our, in our show notes, but just of stories of, uh, people that were raised in the Jewish tradition and faith, um, that are ethnically Jewish. There's stories of them experiencing, uh, this revelation that Jesus is the Messiah and that experiencing what, what Paul's talking about here, this, this kind of jealous desire to come back to God and to see the glory of God, to behold the glory of God in the face of Christ. And there's so, it's powerful. I mean, it's very moving. So maybe we'll link some of those in our show notes, but there's a lot of different testimonies of, of, of Jewish people coming to faith. And so we see God is still, he's still working in, in this way and it's powerful. Yeah, amen, Dan. And before we keep going in Romans 11, um, I kind of want to go back to what we were starting to talk about last week, which is just some parallels between um, this situation with the Jews and the Gentiles and some things that we may be facing today. Um, And so, Dan, I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about Ephesians 2, so you want to jump into it? For sure. And this, this really is a great parallel passage for us as we as we study and, and just behold what God did um, and, and how Paul explains his promise going forward uh, with, the, with the Jews and the Gentiles there. So we're going to kind of, I think, look at Ephesians 2, starting in verse 11, going through 22. And you listen at home, you guys could open up to that or, or just read through it on your own this week. Or maybe you're already familiar with it. But there's just some things, we're not going to teach it verse by verse, but just some things I wanted to pull out that I think we'll we'll bring the the discussion from Romans 11 into a clear focus and maybe help us think about it in a different way. And I I love in that section that as Paul is talking about this promise of God and the work of Christ to carry that promise forward, we we see this amazing phrase um, that. Uh, the, the dividing wall of hostility has been broken down. That peace has been made between Jews and the Gentiles. Um, that through Christ, he's taken, uh, he's created a new man. <laughs> so he, he's taken uh, these two different uh, groups, Jews and Gentiles, and out of those two, he's formed them together, um, uni- unifying them through his spirit. And he's, he's created a new man. And I just love that idea of, uh, <clears throat> of the dividing wall of hostility in verse 14 being broken down. And we see um, in verse 13 and 14 that, it, that it, was, it is Christ who did that. It is Christ by his blood and, and in his flesh. So his work on the cross is what um, caused this new man to be made and is what broke down that dividing wall of hostility. And I thought it would be 
interesting for us to, to talk about what, what are some modern day examples of the kind of hostility that Jews and Gentiles have for each other? And maybe, maybe even in the church, are there in the family of God, are there some different uh, people groups who, uh, who need to experience the kind of peace that Christ brought to, for the Jews and the Gentiles? And do we believe that those dividing walls can be broken down? I know that's not exactly the intent of Paul in this, in this passage, but just to kind of spin it forward and just think, man, are, are there some ways that we are not operating in this unity in the spirit that, that Paul is describing in Ephesians 2? And do we believe that God can bring peace there? So I don't know. What do you guys think? I thought, I think it'd be interesting to kick that around for a little bit. Absolutely. I, I think that's great. And, and, you know, I think it's significant to, like you said, like, do we believe that it can happen today? Because I think it's important to note how big the dividing wall was between Jews and Gentiles. I mean, they really didn't like each other. They, they were really, there was a lot of animosity there. And, uh, you know, especially for the Jews, um, you know, I mean, you know, you, you read stories like, you know, even walking on, you know, the soil of a Samaritan land, it like it made you unclean. Like you could, you were not even supposed to go near them or walk on their land. Um, and, and that makes me think of uh, Luke chapter four, I think it's verses 16 through 30, where Jesus returns to his hometown uh, for the first time after he begins his public ministry. He, he's talking to the people in the synagogue there, his, his fellow Jews, and he, he references a couple of stories of Elijah and Elisha when they brought their message to Gentiles and they got so upset they tried to throw him off a cliff. They did not like, they didn't like the thought of that, that, that God would send his message to Gentiles. And so for God to be able to break that down and create this unity in the body of Christ after that type of animosity, I mean, that should be encouraging for us today, I would say, absolutely. Totally, totally. I mean, I, I even think that, I mean, there's been some, and maybe it doesn't go to that, that level of wanting to throw each other off of a cliff, but, but I don't know, maybe, I mean, I know, I know that sometimes in the church, we, we, there's hostility towards, uh, you know, parents that want to do homeschool or Christian private school versus put their kids in public school, or we can get really heated about our politics, you know, Democrats versus Republicans or our theology, Calvinists versus Armenians or, or a myriad of things like that. And man, it's so important for us to, to really think about what peace did Jesus bring to his family through his work on the cross and, and how can we express that in our unity? What's interesting, I'm just thinking about, um, yeah, what that context is like for us these days, especially just in the church context. You know, there's a lot of different churches with a lot of different um, ways of doing things or philosophies about different types of ministries, and this comes up all the time. You know, Dan, you and I, in our role, we frequently will discuss about what other churches are doing in the context of music and worship and what that looks like in different places. And it reminds me of a conversation that you and I had recently about online worship services. You know, we had one of our services online and uh, there was a question about whether or not we should sing a song by a certain church and then put that online. I don't know if, if you remember this, but then the, the thought was like, oh, well, what if they click on that 
and then it takes them to like a recommended video of that church's teaching and yada 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 and in a way that's a lot like walking on that samaritan land you know we're like on the outskirts of that samaritan culture that we don't agree with or whatever but yeah i'm just reminded of um in ephesians 2 even mm, later in ephesians yeah. 4 of just that humility that we should be showing in christ from what we've received like you were saying dan you know i'm reminded of that first chunk of ephesians 4 where paul is is urging us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called and then then he describes it with all humility and gentleness and with patience bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace which is that already for me i'm like oh snap like those moments where we're like where we're working to reinforce those silly divides i'm like pretty positive that, that, that that's not the countenance of people's hearts in those moments you know they're almost definitely focused on self or focused on these ideas of what's important but they're not focused on that humility and gentleness in the bond of peace and then just to like put the nail in the coffin there from paul right after that verse he just gives this like amazing, powerful affirmation of this unity, which to answer your question, Dan, yes, it is possible to break down the walls because Paul tells us that. God tells us that. He says there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over yeah, all yeah. and through all and in all. And how can you read that and still get so caught up in these silly divides, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, there's so many places we go. I was just, I was just looking at Galatians chapter 3 towards the end. And, and Paul says, um, he says, For as many of you, this is starting in verse 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So it's, it's any of you who are in Christ. You, you, you're, you've, you've put on Christ in that way that this is your new identity. He says, there is no, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is not male or female for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to promise. Mm. I mean, it's there. It's so clear, abundantly clear in scripture. And man, maybe that's something that um, we we as a church can can just uh, ask the Holy Spirit to just objectively help us look at and see are there are there any dividing walls of hostility in our house that need to be torn down or 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 do we need to recognize that Jesus has already torn them down and and we just need to walk in that in these ways that that we're instructed to in the household of God because yeah because the work has been done Christ is he has torn down the wall of hostility. Yeah, and I just want to encourage uh, anyone listening. I know that when you hear something that you think is not true, you get heated about it. You want truth to be known as truth, and I'm the same way. We all we all want that. But just remember what Paul tells us in Ephesians four: that yes, put away falsehood, speak truth with your neighbor. But at the same time, in doing that, he says later, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. So just remember that as you're processing through those things that you think are untrue, that that should be the countenance of your heart in those moments. That's good. That's good. And just a couple other things too on on that Ephesians 2 passage. Man, there's so much we could get into with it, but I was just uh, I was just looking at so so okay, so this dividing wall of hostility has been torn down. 
Christ has made peace between the, the Jews and the Gentiles. There's a new man. We have unity. And, and, and he ends that section by saying, through Christ, we've been granted these amazing things. And I, I just, I just want to list them out for us. And, and I hope that as you listen to this, it will help you behold Christ. Um, so we have access to the Father through the Spirit. Amazing. Citizenship into the household of God. Inclusion. So along with the apostles and the prophets, we're brought into a structure, a holy temple of the living God that's being built up, joined together as a dwelling place for God's spirit. I mean, is that good or what? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And then, and then lastly says, um, if, I mean, if we've really captured the miraculous beauty of this, this, this animosity, this arrogance, this, this violence, this abuse, it's been all the reasons for it, all of that have been dealt with. There's peace and, and it's, it's all been removed. Then man, we're, we're set up to be a place, a structure where worship can happen, where mm-hmm. we can really uh, praise God together. And, and, and think about it. Like when we're, when, when, and I know we haven't been in a room together for, for what seems like a long time, but if you can think back to before this lockdown and you're sitting, you know, you're sitting or standing in church and you're looking around and, and, and you're just looking at, man, all the different, diversity and backgrounds and, and people, everybody's story is so different and their experiences are so different. And, and we can all stand there in unity and worship Jesus together. It, it's, it's really just a powerful picture of these realities that we're talking about. And oh, it makes me miss, miss those times as a worship leader to be able to look out and, and, and see it just the unity expressed in, in corporate worship. I miss that. And amen. I, I do as well, Dan. And I think that kind of, kind of ties us in and is a good lead into what I think would be good to unpack a little bit. And that is the famous parable of the strawberries. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe, maybe David, you could give us a reminder of what, what Gary was saying with the strawberries. Oh yeah. Um, I love strawberries, by the way, and those look like pretty good strawberries they had. But yeah, so he he, uh, you know, kind of used this illustration of, um, you know, this response that that Paul expresses um, as he's walking through all this stuff, which is, you know, some some difficult stuff that he's walking through. But finally, after getting through all of it in chapters nine through eleven, he gets to this place where it's like he can't restrain this guttural response just just mm, that he has to like just shout out all this all this yeah he he erupts in praise and i think we call it a burst in the notes too that just this praise that just bursts forth and 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 gary was talking about these strawberries i think i guess val had gotten them and he lives out there in brentwood where they got you know lots of good fruit out there um and that he just oh he just saw these strawberries and knew how good they were going to be and I think that that's a great picture too. Like he hadn't even tasted it yet, but yet he knows how good it's going to be. And so when, you know, I, when he was talking about this, this whole thing and, and this, this burst of praise that, that Paul gives forth, it made me think about, you know, how his, his excitement was not, you know, contingent upon the present circumstances that were being experienced by his fellow Jews. 
because at that point and even today the majority of jews are still cut off but it's rooted in the faithfulness of god and how he knows that although it hasn't happened yet he knows that god is going to restore this thing and so he's excited for that he knows what's coming and i think that just shows us that you know our worship it does not is not dependent on whatever our present circumstances are we can we can worship god even now as we're walking through all this difficult stuff we can still worship god our, our hope is not found in what's going on now it's in what's going to come like he's going to restore all of this we can trust that that is so perfect uh, i love that and there i do got to say something too about those strawberries I, I was in here on Monday morning cleaning up after the live stream and just looking at stuff. And I almost one stray strawberry got left behind and, and we've got these like, you know, ornamental rugs in there and they're, they're red and like speckled like, and, and so I almost stepped on it and it was just, I was just thinking like, what if, what if I didn't see that with my eagle eyes and it just was like left to rot in there for like weeks and weeks and we're like, what's that smell? Anyway, so, um, so, so Gary, I got a, he claimed, Gary claimed that he was looking out for me and he left a strawberry for me to eat, but it was on the floor. So I was like, I'm not going to eat the strawberry the that you manhandled and then left on the floor. So if you're listening and haven't picked up on this, Dan is, I'm going to call him now, the podcast police. You flip a table, you leave a strawberry, he will call you out on the podcast. <laughs> that is absolutely yeah, right. That's right. Um, yeah, but, but and maybe, maybe we could get into a discussion about the physical expression of our faith. And I really appreciated Gary's vulnerability in just sharing his experience with, with raising his hands in worship. And I, I know that's something that resonated with a lot of people yeah. because it it is this kind of, I mean, you could even look at it as a dividing wall. <laughs> you know, you got the people that raise their hands and you got the people that don't raise their hands. And, <clears throat> but I think there's a lot of things we can look at it in a bigger view and maybe discuss what, what does it mean for our faith we know that it's, we live our faith from, our, from the inside out. So it, it starts from our inner man, and it's focused on, on devotion and worship and obedience and the knowledge of God from our inside out. But it doesn't stop, it doesn't stop in our inside. It, 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 it works itself out. I mean, James, James says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. We don't, we don't just love uh, in, in, in word, but we love in our deeds. And, and then also in scripture, there are some very clear and obvious expressions that we're invited into as the people of God, raising our hands, um, bending our knee, bowing our head, having radiant faces, um, shouting, dancing, clapping. There are some things that that you can't deny they're there. We're, we're invited into these things. We're commanded to worship God in these ways. And I think it would be really good for us to just talk about what, what are some of those barriers that keep us from, from living out our faith um, with action and, and, and physical responses. Gary, Gary talked about maybe, maybe it's a personality barrier. Maybe maybe you're not a, a, an emotive person by nature. You're you're more reserved and restrained. Well, does that does that let you off the hook? <laughs> does that does that say okay? Well, then I'm not. I I don't I don't 
express or engage with my faith in that way because this is my personality. Or I think Gary gave a, man, a great uh, model for us. To say, no, he says, I'm going to push past that because I know there's something there for me. I know, I know that God has something there for me. So, so what do you guys think about this whole, this whole thought, particularly of expressiveness in worship? And what do you think some of the barriers are for people um, and how can we work past them? I think a lot of people don't even know that the Bible teaches us that that's how we should be worshiping the Lord. Because maybe someone's heard teaching on it and it was too skewed in one direction and wasn't super based on the scripture, you know? Um, that kind of goes back to the dividing walls, but there are some churches that more so or some less so really put an emphasis on the physicality of worship over the heart of worship and vice versa. And so, yeah, I think it's just important to understand if you have an idea yeah. about that, where you got it from. Um, and the idea is hopefully you got it from scripture and you got it from the Lord. Uh, but it's easy amidst all the influences in YouTube videos and different churches putting stuff out there to have, uh, I think, biblically um, just misconceptions about it. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll put a bunch in the show notes just f- for your own reading pleasure. But I mean, time and time and time again, you see commanded and modeled in Scripture physical forms of worship. And I'll just list some of the ways from them, from those, those clapping, singing, bowing, kneeling, lifting hands, shouting, playing instruments loudly, dancing, standing in awe. There's, there's so many things here. And I think that the heart of it is that it's not about the movement. It's not about your body, right? But the reality is God has made us as physical beings. He's made us in his own image and we have physical bodies. And he tells us to worship him with all of our bodies. And just like, you know, I'm married, my wife's name is Patty. Just like I like physically reaching out to her, holding her hand or kissing her. It's not about the kiss. It's about my love for her. It's about my heart and my heart's position towards her. It's an overflow. It's an overflow. And is that to say, oh, he kisses a person. That means he loves her authentically. No, you don't know that. But that's what it should be. So just like to, to, to clarify that. Dan, you and I, we both are worship leaders. We love looking out, like we said earlier, and seeing the unity in the body. But it's kind of a trap for us, a tempting trap to to consider the quality of our worship experience or how authentic our body is worshiping by their physicality, right? That's That's tempting for a lot of worship leaders. It doesn't tell the whole story. It doesn't, but it should be an outpouring of their heart for the Lord. So if I see that, absolutely, I will be encouraged by those things. For sure. And Jesus... Man, he's, he, he reserves some of his, his most searing rebukes for people who are religious on the exterior, but inside there's, there's nothing going on. Mm. And so we definitely don't want to be people that, that manipulate or people that contrive or, or force those physical responses. But there is something to be said about obedience, and, and one of the things that, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but, but as we said earlier, it starts with something going on, a work of God on the inside. And then it, it moves us if we're, if we're free, if we're, if we're unhindered, it moves us to do something physical. And then my experience has been that that physicality triggers and speaks back to the inner reality that's happening. Mm. And it becomes this, this really beautiful cycle which because because then that leads me to to express myself even more and to 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 take those steps 
that, that I might be uncomfortable to take. And the, the, they, they really are connected. You know, our, our, our faith is not, a, a, we're not pursuing a Gnostic spirituality that, that downplays the importance of the body, right? Mm. That, that's a heretical teachment that, yeah. teach, teaching that, <clears throat> that um, you know, that, that these physical things are, are evil, and they're, 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 there's a connection between, uh, I think, what, 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 um, what Gary said. He said, there's these arenas of life that they're all connected. And so God never, mm-hmm. never meant our worship to be just a, a mere intellectual experience or engagement with these biblical truths. There's, there's, nor are we limited to an inner emotional response. We're, we're created um, to worship God with our bodies and with our, with our, with our spirits as well. Yeah, great, great points here. Um, and, you know, Dan, I think it was at uh, Quest Ministry that you gave a great message about worship and how, you know, and this is even, you know, a little point forward to a couple of weeks from now when we start uh, Romans chapter 12, that worship encapsulates our entire life. That it's it should be our natural response understanding and and beholding who God is and what he's done, that we would naturally say, I'm giving you my entire life. I want you to have all of it. Everything that I do is an act of worship to you. That's everything that I want to be, you know, in response to you and everything that I do. Um, but but this you know act of worship through through music and and through this expression is is something that's a part of that. And it's an important part of that. Um, I think that you know we can affirm that for a lot of people, you know that it might seem strange at first to see people doing that. Whether you didn't grow up in church, you know uh, you know weren't a um, you know a believer till later in life, and you kind of see people who are doing that, or like you said, you grew up in a church that doesn't really do that. And you see people like doing it. It's kind of like odd. Like, well, what are they? What are they doing? What's going on in there? What's going on inside them? Like, is that is that okay to do that? Is that good? Um, but then you have this connection of the head and the heart, like you guys are talking about, that should lead to an emotional response. It, when we, you know, Paul, when he's talking about this stuff, he's getting excited. And we should get excited. And when we sing songs where we're talking about this, the, these awesome spiritual truths of who God is, we should get excited. That should be, you know, it should be worth like expressing that, like, hey, like I want to put my hands up at this stuff, you know? And I think that there's a, you know, a limit, and you talked about this in your message too. So if anyone wants to talk more about worship and, and what is good and pleasing worship to God, because he talks about what is good and pleasing worship, um, then talk to Dan about that more. But, um, but you know, there's there's some things that that I think some people do that we could say like, well, that's kind of outside of scripture. Probably probably not, you know, what what is pleasing to God. You know, people who are doing you know like kind of like the twitching and the barking and all that kind of you know stuff. And and you know, um, but there are certain things that are just natural responses that are not like expressing a lack of self control, but just this surrender of like I'm not embarrassed to show my adoration for God in this moment, knowing what He's done. Absolutely. I, I love that. And that was one of the things that Gary said a number of times as he, as he was looking at the end of Romans 11, he, he was saying what he was asking, what's the excitement all about? Right. Why, why is Paul getting so amped? Yeah. And, and you said earlier, David, it's, it's about God's work and his faithfulness and his character and, in, and his promises never failing. And that is, if we really think about that, then we don't have to drum up any kind of excitement or physical I- expression. It's just going to be an overflow. And 
And just like anything in our faith, Scripture provides for us the guardrails and the framework. And yeah, I mean, there's if we're if in our excitement and our worship, if we want to express ourselves to God in a certain way, then we 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 have we're not blind. We can look at Scripture and say, well, what are what are the acceptable, appropriate uh, what, what precedence has been laid for us? How how can we channel this excitement and do it in a way that's not going to distract people, but it's really going to display God's glory in an even more profound way. And it's going to help us engage in our heart, in our inner man with these truths that we're singing about. So there, there's definitely uh, ways that we can get off, but that's why we, that's why we got to know God's word. And, and we got to, we got to make sure that we're testing everything against his, what he's revealed to us already. Yeah, and I think just just checking your heart, seeing where your heart's at um, on either end of the spectrum, because, you know, if you are someone that very easily worships physically, or maybe even um, you're somebody who's more inclined to (laughs) doing the quote unquote twitching or barking things, um, yeah, just check your heart in those moments. And I think most of us, if we take those things and bring them before the Lord, we'll it'll be revealed rather quickly if our focus and motives in those moments are just giving all of the glory to God or if they're seeking some kind of experience or for us to feel a certain way or whatever it is. Um, and on the flip side of that, man, if you're somebody who is uncomfortable being physical in worship, I'm going to read a quote here from our buddy Bob Coughlin. Bob, if you're listening out there, we love you. He's probably not. Uh, <laughs> here's the quote, and I think it speaks to just some of our, our barriers sometimes in that way. So our, our bodies naturally af- reflect what affects us. Our bodies naturally reflect what affects us. I cringe, for example, when a glass of milk is about to be knocked over. I open my arms wide as my daughters run to greet me. I jump up from the couch with my hands upraised when my favorite team scores a winning goal. I gratefully applaud unselfish acts of service that I see. I cry when a friend's child dies. But why is it that so often the church is the only place that our bodies can't express what our minds are comprehending mm-hmm. and our hearts are feeling? So good. So maybe that's you. Maybe maybe there's something there where your heart is yearning for this and your mind is comprehending it. But there's other barriers in your mind that are keeping you from doing that, whether that's concern of the people around you looking at you or embarrassment or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, maybe bring that before the Lord and just ask him to remove those things. Gary left us all with a, with a great challenge for application. He said, he said, the love of God, the faithfulness of God, the, these are not things that we should remain yeah. stoic about. Yeah. It's just plain and simple. That is fact. And it's going to look different for everybody. And we've got, we've got the, the framework in scripture to look at, but, but this is what he said to, to those folks out there that are hesitant about this type of response. He says, you have to train your heart to burst forth in praise. You got to teach yourself to, to be in touch with, with the truth that you're, that you're engaging with, with the spirit of God that you're engaging with. And, and ask God to help you express that in an emotional way. And then the physical will just overflow from, from that place. And I think he gave a great example too. I mean, especially just even as, you know, one of the elders, one of the leaders of this church, showing his own growth, 
Like, it's like this is if you have a, an issue with that and you kind of struggle with that, it doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. I mean, he showed by his own example, you know, that while he was here in this church, um, so not a new believer, you know, I mean, he'd been a believer for a long time and he was here in this church and and he had this, you know, experience of growth in that. And so it doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way, that you can grow in that and train in it. And now, I mean, you see Gary and he's always, you know, he's got his eyes closed, he's got his hands up. And, um, and so he, he shows that. And so it, he showed through his example that that growth can happen. Also, we see through his example, the, the powerful influence of a godly woman to, to spur us on, to spur us on. If, if <laughs> Thank you, Val. I know if you didn't, if you didn't catch, uh, on Sunday, what, what Gary was talking about it, at one point, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. He, he told us that Val, his, his, his wonderful wife, uh, <laughs> grabbed his arms because she could tell that he he was uh he was like conflicted like he he wanted to engage in this way but there was some kind of barrier that he needed to break through and she she just said she said i'll help (laughs) and so she grabbed his hands and and it helped him put him up yeah and and that that is such a beautiful depiction of 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 our faith working itself out in 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 external ways and so let that be an encouragement to you amen man great discussion on yeah just some of the aspects of worship that maybe we don't always think about and that actually leads us well into this next chunk um you know we're getting ready to end the podcast somewhat soon but uh, someone sent in a question i think is another form of worship that we don't often consider or think about so let me play the question and let's unpack it just a little bit Hey guys, with the National Day of Prayer coming up and some people at church are doing a fast on Thursday, I was wondering what are some biblical practices you guys like to do whenever you are fasting to help keep you focused on God? Thanks. See you guys later. Uh, shout out to Christian Derekito for sending yeah, in that oh, question. Dude, he's, such a, he's such a beast. Love that guy. He's been helping us out so much behind the scenes with production and and uh, working working his tail off with that. So we love you, Christian. You're a stud. He's a stud. So before we answer his question really quick, Dan, maybe just give a one-sentence summary of what fasting is for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, so so fasting has to do with removing, taking away something from our lives in order to, to for a period of time, in order to focus on on prayer and in order to to really uh, be reminded of our dependency, dependency upon the Lord, to be reminded of our, yeah, just our need for him. And Jesus, this is something Jesus modeled for us. You know, when he is, when he, in the gospel accounts, when he's preparing to, to start his earthly ministry, he goes into the desert for this, this time of, of, of fasting and prayer. And for 40 days, I mean, could you imagine for 40 days not eating food? I mean that's crazy, and uh, he he did that as a means to to focus and prepare, and to just eliminate and remove any distractions. And so we are in a, in a similar way, maybe not for forty days, but we are called to participate in fasting to really aid us in our prayer lives. Great, great summary, Dan, um, and a great reminder of just another way to worship God, and. 
Christian, to answer your question, I'm going to not answer it. <laughs> Instead, uh, I'm going to pass you and anybody listening to an article that was just put up on the website by the Reverend Tim Barley. And it's just a great uh, description and explanation of why we fast, what the situations are that call for fasting, and yeah, kind of that mindset and uh, heart set that we want to have during those things. Um, so go ahead and check that out on vbc.online. It's under the, the blog section there. And if you are curious about fasting or maybe you've never fasted before and you want to try it, um, there's a great opportunity coming up tomorrow, actually. So a group of people, like Christian mentioned, are going to be fasting for 12 hours, technically 13 hours, on the National Day of Prayer, which is Thursday, May 7th, from 7 a.m. until after the extol service. So if you're curious about fasting or maybe you want to uh, worship God in that way as you pray and reflect, man, give it a shot. You never know how the Lord is going to work in your heart during those times. Um, But that kind of is a good tie-in to extol, David. So you want to give people just a little preview of what they can expect for tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. I love that this this question got brought up too because I think we don't we don't talk about fasting all that often, and so I'm glad that this this got brought up. Um, but tomorrow, especially, is is such a, a special day for us to do extol. I feel like um, because it's going to be the national day of prayer, and then going back to just what we were talking about earlier, Ephesians two. What a great way to be unified right now, mm-hmm. even in a time when we're all in our separate homes, but that we can still be connected and be unified first for everyone, believers all across the world who are going to be praying together. Um, but then, uh, of course, you know, every quarter, I believe we have this extol night, um, which is going to start at 7 p.m. tomorrow evening. Um, and you guys definitely want to tune in for this. It's gonna. It's always a wonderful opportunity to just worship God together. <laughs> there's just gonna be. There's gonna be music. There's gonna be prayer. Um, it's gonna be an awesome time where we can be connected and unified in worship of God all together on this one day. And so, what better uh, way to to just honor God and, and and show that we trust Him and that we depend on Him during this unique time than by fasting together and praying together and worshiping together at the extol. So I'm really looking forward to it. And one of the things we're doing that we really want to encourage people to participate in is all throughout the day on the national day of prayer, every 30 minutes, a different leader from our church is going to come on the vbc.online Instagram account and just offer up uh, an encouraging thought, a prayer and really launch us into a time of, of reflecting all throughout our day on various aspects of prayer. And so maybe, maybe you've been dragging your feet with getting engaged with us on Instagram. And I know there's a lot of garbage on Instagram and a lot of good reasons to not be on Instagram. But if you are just being stubborn and you and and you don't actually have a good reason to not be on, you're just dragging your feet. Today is the day. It's super easy. It's free. You can. You don't even have to put a picture of yourself up. Um, and in fact, you you can actually watch uh, those prayers that are going to be happening all throughout the day on Thursday. Even if you don't have Instagram, it's totally fine. And we'll have links on our website at bbc.online. But just what a great way for us all throughout the day to be 
just focused and united in prayer. And then it, it's going to culminate. Is that a word? Culminate? Yeah. And crescendo. Oh. Yes. Yeah. At seven o'clock on Thursday night for Extol. So don't miss that stuff. And I know a lot of us are working and we got stuff going on with kids and school and all that stuff, but just engage where you can. When, when you have a minute on your lunch break or, you know, if you got a down minute, just hop on Instagram. VBC.online is the handle. And we would love for you to participate with us in what's happening during the day on the National Day of Prayer. Yeah. Thank you, David. Thank you, Dan. How could you not after those gripping descriptions? <laughs> uh, I think we're going to conclude the podcast uh, today. Man, I am personally so encouraged in just some of the truths that really God has unpacked for us in these scriptures. So thank you, Dan. Thank you, David, for being with us. Uh, I hope it's the first of many, many that you're here. Mm. Yeah, glad to be here. All right, guys. Uh, hope to see you tomorrow for the National Day of Prayer and then tomorrow evening at 7 for Extol. And with that, we bid you adieu. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.